This is episode number 519 of the Health and Fitness Podcast by InnerFight in association with Smithstreet Paleo. Hop over to smithstreetpaleo.com, drop them an email, hello at smithstreetpaleo, and get all of your paleo goodness. Welcome back to the series. This is series two, Getting Stronger. Remember, we did series one a few weeks ago, all about ultra rising. We're on episode three now of Getting Stronger. In the last two weeks, week one in show 515, we talked about defining strength, went through a load of different definitions. Last week, we went into different strength protocols, and at the end of that show, we told you what we're going to do this week. This week is all about strength here at Inner Fight. It's episode three in Getting Stronger. Please go back and listen to the other two episodes if you want to get a full experience of this show. There are only 15-minute shows, one left next week. But this week's show, Andre, Strength at Inner Fight. Give us an introduction. So... The way we structure the program here at Interfight is that Matt Jones is the main programmer and he shares his thoughts with us and every Monday we kind of brainstorm and kind of try to make up what all seven coaches think is the best way to make our members as strong as fit as possible. Yeah. We do that by doing whiteboard brainstorm. So we did that a couple of months ago, I remember, yeah. where we kind of created our new structure for the programming and what we kind of came up with is that we we're going to have one major squat day one major press and pull day one major i'm uh, sorry one major upper body press and pull day one major actual lower body pull day and then one mixed day and then we have the weekend sessions so it's kind of trying to build a cycle that involves as much of a full format training as possible involving all the major muscle groups so we would always have, or we at least try to have a compound lift to start. And that, what we really focused on is that we've been doing that in a tempo setting, meaning that a lot of the work we've been doing is with a specific design tempo. In the beginning of the cycle, the tempo would be extremely slow, meaning we would have them go through the eccentric phase, taking three to five seconds. We would have them pause in the bottom and we'd have them come explosive out of the, top, out of the bottom which means that the time under tension in those sets would be really, really high and the loads would automatically be a little bit lighter. That would allow the clients in our gym to really make good adaptations and really fix the movement patterns and would give us coaches a good, a good chance to really help the clients move better as they now were forced to move much, much slower. As the weeks kind of progressed, we would have... The tempo decreased, meaning that the reps would go faster. So we would transition from the five-second eccentric phase to a three-seconds to a two-seconds to eventually having at just a regular pace going down and up. And what we have been seeing with that is that we see a really big increase in their strength yeah. and in their movement pattern, like much better movement patterns because we forced them in the beginning of that cycle to really move super slow up and down yeah and i think that's one thing that mate that's a that's a really good explanation <laughs> i know i was like i just went for a coffee and i was actually trying to figure out and laura's just come to the rescue because one of the cameras needs a little bit more battery in it and i was trying to figure out you can see i'm playing around with a cable there and andre's just talking i'm like this is just absolute gold this guy listens in class every single time so that's cool mate but i think one one of the things mate that you said is that we're noticing that people are getting stronger and why we're noticing people are getting stronger you touched on it briefly 
then and in the previous show when you were talking about it is we have this testing phase. Yeah. So we've got the protocol, we've got the program that goes in, but the most important thing for us as coaches and also for our clients, for, for, for you guys that listen as a motivation is that we actually know that our shit's working. Yeah. And mate, talk us through a little bit the, whilst I plug this phone in and make sure the camera's down, <laughs> talk us through testing week. It happens every 12 weeks. Yeah. So we decided that a 12 week phase would be quite good amount of time to actually see progress with our members. So in the first week, we'd go through a major test going through. It, it actually changes a little bit from test to test, but the test number one and the test number two in the beginning and the end of the 12 weeks is similar. And then eventually we're probably going to change some of the, the movements, but if not, they're pretty identical. We test them across all the 10 domains of fitness being coordination, power, balance, speed, flexibility, endurance, strength, stamina, accuracy, and agility. And we kind of try to make a well-rounded test of all of those. We test them individually, and we also test them in a CrossFit workout setting. So for the squat, we would test the back squat. Yeah. We would not only test the back squat, we would also test the back squat in a workout setting. And that could, for example, be in a workout with thrusters. Right. Because the thrusters also squat. It's basically a super well-rounded test that goes on for five days, and yeah. we test the exact same things in the end of those 12 weeks with the purpose of seeing an increase. But what it allows us to do is that once we know what we want to improve, then we can really target that 12-week block yeah. to improve it, which makes it people will be able to see a red line in the program. Maybe yeah. they'll be able to stay motivated for those 12 weeks because they know a new testing week is coming, which allows them to, you know, Stay stay committed and stay tuned and stay motivated because nobody wants to come for a second testing week and not having improved. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that does keep people motivated. They know it's going to be coming. We've been running these quite quite frequently on a 12-week on basis. And absolutely what you said, mate, and this is not just – we're not just trying to explain how great our program is. Obviously, it's awesome. But you guys that are listening that don't follow our program, that's cool as well. But make sure that you're doing this, and then with the results, you can adjust. So we see, this is an example, it's actually a real-life example. We saw that people in our gym are generally very strong. We're very good at making people strong. We feel that we've got on, on very compound lifts, back squat, front squat, deadlift, and an overhead press, we're very good. When we went to gymnastic strength, we saw that there was a slight weakness and we've taken data from across the board and we saw that as a slight weakness. So we're then able to adapt the programming to attack that weakness, be it pull-ups or be it even a strength can be, as we spoke about in the first show, can be the ability to do high volume pull-ups or high volume toes to bar. Yeah. So by having this 12-week block, we're now able to check how members are progressing and we're able to draw out different trends across our membership base and then drive the program based on that. Exactly. And I think that's something that a lot of people, they they don't always do in their own training. They're not looking at it and going, okay, where where's, where's essentially the hole in my game? And what, what can I focus on in this next 12-week block? We spoke a lot about doing like a six-month test every six months. And we actually scrapped that quite quickly, didn't we, mate? We're like, no, three months keeps everyone on track and yep. keeps everyone super focused. And I know like looking for holes in your game as a CrossFit athlete is something that you do a lot as well through through a similar system, right? Yeah. I, I think, you know, we're actually, we're actually super geeky. In our, in our <laughs> coaches' room, we have 
two massive, um, not paragraphs, but um, templates of yeah. all the members in our gym. And then we have all the data from the previous test weeks. And we literally go in and look in our Coach the Coach on Mondays. And we go through, all right, um, what's the trend here? Like you said, oh, man, the gymnastics is not where it should be. We base that off the testing week. We can also base it off open performances. And then we direct the training and, and kind of direct the programming to target that. So yeah. the, we're, we're not letting the members tell us what is what do they need to improve. We are taking that approach and we are taking that, you know, control and seeing what we're trying to improve here in Interfight is those, t- those 10 fitness domains. And if we're only improving five of them right now, we need to change the programming. Yeah. And we need to make a change. I think a, a, one thing that is worth mentioning now that we've been through in the previous episode, those strength protocols, is that we do something that's quite crossfitty, which means that our program is more based on movement variability right. rather than constant like overload of same movement pattern, which means that... Yeah, explain would, that a little bit uh, for us, mate. So, so that would be, instead of having someone do back squats every week on that day for 12 weeks, we look at it as a more as lower body strength. We make sure they squat frequently, but a squat can come in many different shapes and forms. Yeah. It can come in an overhead squat, front squat, back squat, but it can also come in a lunge variation or just generally like lower body movements that still will improve that squat. Yeah. So I think we categorize a little bit in more lower body, upper body. Same with the upper body. A press can come in 20 different variations. We do set press, overhead press. Dumbbell press, Philly press, whatever oh, press. Arnie press. If you Arnie. use Philly, I'm definitely <laughs> – this is ridiculous. How does this Philly guy – he's only been around for two or three years and everyone's naming a press after him. Arnie press, I'm okay with. Philly press, I'm not – But on. you understand, Philly press is simply because he's out of that kettlebell in the front rack. Yeah, it's not because yeah, – he's cheated. He's stolen it from Arnie. <laughs> he's, he's, he's – mate, okay. What I want you to do, yeah, but I'm going to put listen, the camera this is on not, you. This is not the definition of the Philly press. The Philly press is definition of have a front rack loaded and pressing something. It doesn't matter how it's pressed. Okay, but listen. The camera's on me. I'm going <laughs> to show you an Arnie press, right? So we're here. And, and the dumbbells are here, and Arnie lifts a lot more than me. But Turn we're going, front. We're going they externally rotate, press overhead. Position. Right. Camera's on you. I want I want to see this Philly guy. I know you love him. So he's been on the show. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a dude. He's one of our friends. But, mate, hit it. So show, it's show very it. simple. Give us a demo. He would load one arm with a heavy kettlebell yeah. to load the upper back and midline. Yeah. And then you have a other object, which could be a dumbbell or a kettlebell, yeah. and he would just press it overhead. Now, if the press starts like a Philly press, if it starts like an like Arnie press or a regular overhead press, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just about the, the loading of one side while pressing. While, okay. So, so oh. it's nothing to do. He I didn't steal it. The point remains is that there is a damn truckload of ways that we press. And I think if we, if we don't lose the point here a little bit, mate which is something that I see very common in people. It's like, okay, you want your back squat to get better. There is more, there's more ways than just doing back squat to increase a back squat. And that's, where, that's how we got to because, pressing. Because you get stronger by changing stimulus. Yeah. Stimulus can be changed by, like we spoke about before, volume, sets, rest, um, tempo, load. But a stimulus can also be changing the actual movement. Yes. Which what... I think what we do a lot, and I, what I also think what 
kind of keeps the fun in it. And yeah. I also think yeah. it decreases the amount of injuries that can happen. Absolutely, mate. Simply because I think a lot of people that haven't... I mean, we have a lot of people walk in the door and they're 35 years old and never actually done any sports in their life before. Yeah. And that amount of squatting, like loading the same pattern over and over again, yeah. could potentially put them in danger. But instead, we have a very big variety of movement patterns so we never really overstress the same too much but yeah. we stress enough to actually make a good adaptation still and i think what people need to understand is like if you take a movement like a, a, a press like an arnie press or just an overhead press where it's easiest to measure it like a strict press or a push press or a back squat you're only hitting the big muscle movers doing that movement and those, or the big mover muscles, should we say, not muscle movers. So you're, you're, you're targeting the big muscles there. Yes, you have to recruit a lot of these small muscles, but often to break that movement down, I like to use the, what you said there, the example you used there, mate, like a lunge or a variation of a lunge. You're going to attack, you might be quite quad dominant even in your, even in your back squat. So we need to make sure that you target your, your hamstrings and your glutes, which we're definitely going to do by a lot more lunging or by good mornings, or even even with a deadlift, yeah. to, to make sure that we get that increase in your back squat when it comes to it. If I keep making you back squat, and you're quad dominant the whole time, it's very difficult to target the hamstring and the glute. So, yeah. And I think the bottom line, mate, which you said very rightly there, is by using all these different movements, we actually keep it a lot of fun. Like, guys, we're either training your upper body, your lower body, or both. Yep. Like literally every single day. I remember when someone argued with me when I was sort of a, a little bit younger doing like bodybuilding style training. The guy's like, Marcus, how do you train your chest without moving your arms? And he said, you, just, you do a bench press? He said, what's happening here? Like your arms moving. So we are, we're training your body, your upper body, your lower body or both every single day. We're just training it in all these different ways. So don't stress about it. We do our best to have it under control and we really try to put all the brains of the coaches together yeah. and openly discuss it. Yeah, and keep those results coming in. And that's what we base a lot of it from. So there you have it. That has been episode three, Strength Here at Inner Fight. If we can take anything away from this show, our way is not the only way. There's different ways to do it. But please make sure you have those measures in place that you understand exactly what you're doing. And then you're going to start making changes to continue to get stronger measure often adapt work on stuff where you've got holes in your game tune in for next week's show we're going to talk probably for some people this might be the most interesting of these episodes we're going to talk all about eating for strength as i always say if you haven't heard the first two episodes of this series on getting stronger please go back and check out 515 defining strength and also 517 strength protocols this has been all about strength in a fight. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll catch you next week.